welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can open up with me uh, to 1 Peter 5, verse 10. So now we pick up in verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Don't you like the sound of that? The God of all grace. Our God is the God of all grace. The word grace, we know it is favor. The God of all favor. We, we have a God that shows us great favor unmerited, undeserved, unearned favor on his people. God shows his favor. And in context with this, he, he's a God of all favor, the God of all grace. It's speaking of the author and giver of the, the things that benefit us as we go through our trials, as we go through suffering. He, he gives us benefits. And I want that to be clear to all of us today. The, again, the battles are for our benefit. We don't, how many like to go through battles? I don't really like going through battles. I, I don't. Not one hand is up in the sanctuary. No, Heidi's like going like this in the back. No, we don't like battles. But I could say over the years, I like the benefits from the battles. I like what I've learned through the battles. I've liked the fact that I can settled in the fact that God is in control and God is on the throne and God knows what he's doing in the battles. And I can tell you, I've been strengthened through the battles over the years. We go through battles. We go through sufferings. We go through afflictions in, in our Christian walk. And it's part of the walk. It's part of what we, we go through. But again, they're for our benefit. And if you get nothing else out of this message, I, I pray you get the fact that our battles are for our benefit. Our battles are for our benefit. Our battles are for our benefit. They're to perfect us. They're to establish us. They're to strengthen us. They're to settle us. They're to cause us to rely more and more and more and more on our God. The battles are for us. And he's called us to his eternal glory. And one day we're going to be in his eternal glory. Isn't that going to be awesome? a place where there's no more suffering, no more pain, a place where there, there's joy, a place where there's total peace in his glory. We're gonna be in his presence, but until then, he's preparing us for this place. And there's battles. If you're a note-taker, the word a while means a short time. I like that, don't you? The battle is just for a short time. The word suffered or suffering or that word there, it means misfortune, affliction. Speaks of trials and persecution, but when it comes, realize you're going to be benefited from it. When you go through difficulties, there's a benefit coming. Those battles are for us. It's to perfect us. The word perfect means to strengthen us, to equip us, to complete us. It's actually the same word used in Matthew 4.21, translated mending nets. God is using those difficulties, the sufferings to, to mend us, to, to help us, to mend those nuts. You see, when David, he, was, he pulled out from the battle, remember, he fell with Bathsheba. Why? Because he was supposed to go into the battle, but he retreated from the battle. I did a wedding many years ago when I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa. And when I was at Calvary Costa Mesa, we did many weddings as a, I was a pastor on staff, so we did... A, 
many weddings, many uh, funerals, memorial services. And I mean, we just it seemed like every week, one or two, one or two. We were just so, so I had one wedding. It was just people I didn't even know, you know, people from the church. And it was great. I got to know them and everything. But this one particular time, the wedding I was doing, I thought, you know, I've been doing so many of these. You know, I'm just going to take my notes. I'm not going to prepare. And I'll just take my notes. And on the way there, you know, when I get there, I'll just cross the names out, the old names, and I'll put the new names in. <laughs> my first time I did that, but I thought, you know, I was overly confident. I'm thinking, I'm doing these. I can do these like the back of my hand. So I'm just, I'm crossing the names out. I'm putting the new names in. And I'm like, okay, I closed my book there and I'm ready. Let's do this wedding thing. Wrong. No, it's a spiritual thing. I'm to be prepared for it. I'm to be prayed up. I'm to seek the Lord. And it was probably the worst wedding I've ever had in my life. I kid you not, listen to this. The, the father of the bride, was a, he was a Jesus-only person, which was, means he, only, he doesn't believe in the Trinity. He believes that everything is Jesus, right? So as I'm doing this, a beautiful outdoor wedding, I'm standing there doing it, and I opened up, and I opened in prayer, and as I'm praying, he says, in Jesus' name only. I'm like, who is saying that, and why are they saying that? And I says, and so, Father, in Jesus' name only. And I'm like, no, this isn't happening. Nobody told me what to do when that happens. I mean, do I rebuke the father of the bride? I mean, what do you do? And so I'm thinking, okay, he's just going to go away, right? So I'm, I just keep going, and I says, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then, in Jesus' name only, and he's like yelling over everybody. Do you know what I did? I repented, and I said, Lord, forgive me for not being prepared for this battle. I'm not prepared. Please forgive me. I'll never do this again. I'll never come to a wedding without being in the Spirit, being filled with your Holy Spirit, being prayed up, asking you what you want to say. This is a spiritual thing, Lord, and I am not prepared. Please forgive me, God. And instantly, God's presence showed up. And I kid you not, I don't know if an angel put a a hand over the guy's mouth or what happened, but he never said a peep after that. And I would literally say when I was praying, I'd say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he didn't, I was waiting to hear, in Jesus' name, I'm like, no, he just, but I matured from that. I, there was a completeness that came. It was a warning in the battle to count on me, rely on me, seek me. I'm the one that fights your battles. The battles are for us to perfect us to establish us, if you're a note taker, it means to, firm, to make firm, solid. It's a picture of someone who's not, mer- move, excuse me, not moved during persecution. You're like, no, no matter what happens, Lord, I'm trusting you. It's a picture also of someone that's not led away or astray when a false teacher comes, when false doctrine goes out. They're, they're not, they, they know the truth and they're standing firm on the word of God. They're established makes me think of the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Don't you love that story? In Daniel chapter 6, we're told that Darius, the ruler, he called for 120 satraps or princes over his region. He had 120 satraps, rulers in all these different regions. But it says he had three that were governors over all these 120. And out of the three, Daniel was one of them. Daniel was called to be one of the top rulers that that Darius had. And and Darius was thinking of making him top over everybody. And while he was considering that, these satraps and these other governors were jealous. Remember that? And they wanted to trap Daniel. 
So they thought their only way we can trap Daniel is because of his God. And their only way, he's faultless. We can't find fault in this man, but he serves his God diligently. Wouldn't that be nice to be said of you? We can't find any fault in the person. Only fault we can find is that, boy, they serve God diligently. They seek God diligently. So they went to Darius and they asked Darius, they says, hey, Darius, hey, you know what? Why don't we make a royal decree, you know, a statue to say that, you know, nobody can petition any God or man for 30 days except you, king, because king, you are the greatest. And they worked on Darius's pride and Darius says, okay, I'll sign that. I like that actually. And he signed a decree that no one could worship or bow down or, or you know, any other god or petition any god or man for 30 days. So it was written in the, the laws of the Medes and the Persians. In other words, it can never be reversed, right? So he signed the written decree. We're told it's up on the screen. Then it says there, it says, what did Daniel do? He ran and cried. He was fearful. He was worried. Now what did he do? He went to his upper room, into the window where he would always go and pray. He knelt down three times that day and he prayed and gave thanks before God as it was his custom since the early days. And it says, then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. And what did they do? Of course, they turned him in. And they turned him in and they told the king, didn't you sign a petition that nobody's supposed to petition any God or man but you, king? He goes, oh yeah, I made the decree. He says, well, you know, that Daniel, look at the wording of that, that Daniel, look at their attitude towards Daniel, that Daniel, who is one of those captives from Judah, does not show you due regard, show due regard for you, O king, for, or for the decree that you have signed, but he makes his petition three times a day, and then the king realized that he messed up. He loved Daniel. He knew Daniel was a godly man. And it says, and the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself, and he set his heart on delivering Daniel. And he labored until the going down of the sun. And that said, then these men approached the king and says, hey, king, you know you signed the decree. We've gotta, you've got to put Daniel in the lion's den. So he gave the command, and Daniel was put in the lion's den, it says. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, look at this, I love this. Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. Look at the faith of the king. I messed up, Daniel, but I know your God's going to save you. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his signet ring and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might be changed, not changed. And that says, now the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. Look at this. Look at this. this battle that Daniel was going through is actually working a good work of God. So this man, he's fasting for Daniel because he knew he messed up and he's fasting and then he wouldn't let the musicians come in and play their instruments. He says, no, he couldn't even sleep that night. He was up all night worried about Daniel. So he comes with haste to, the, to where Daniel was at and he went to him and he says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lion? I love Daniel's response. Daniel said to the king, oh, king, live forever. I'm okay. Don't be worried. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. And listen to this. And also, oh, king, I have done no wrong before you. 
you know that I didn't do any wrong before you. And the king was exceedingly glad. He made a commandment to put the, the guys that set this whole thing up. Did you ever notice this before? You know how he, they throw the guys in there, right? In the lion's den. The ones that tried to trap him. He, he makes a command, uh, Darius, to throw these guys in there. But did you ever notice this? Their children and their wives went in. Your sin can affect your whole family. Beware. And the lions broke all their bones in pieces. Before they even came to the bottom of the den, they were killed. And Darius wrote to all the people, nations, and language that dwell in all the earth. He said, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is one which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall endure to the end. And Daniel prospered. What an awesome story. Through battles, God works mightily. He strengthens us. He makes us stronger. Look back. So he perfects, he established the word strengthen. I love this word. It comes from a word, actually it means to make strong with God's strength or God's power. Can I ask you, are you relying on God's strength and God's power? I hope so. Isn't it terrible when you rely on your own power? And I don't know about you, but I mess up every time. Like that wedding, that was my power. It was terrible. But when you rely on the awesome power of the Lord, there's nothing like it. Because everybody knows it's God. It's not you. It's his power working. So when you go through these battles, you, you can receive strength or power from God. It, it's an interesting word. It, it speaks of like steel being tempered. When you take steel and you heat it up real hot and then you, inst- you throw it into cold water instantly and then it, it becomes harder than it ever was before. That's what God wants to do through our trials. And then he shows up, he gives us great power and he strengthens us like we've never been strengthened before. That's what God wants to do. There's been times I've been asked to speak at different churches or different events, and I love having my notes in front of me. I, I, I have a setup where, as you can see, my pulpit's a little bit high so I can see it because so, I don't like to wear glasses and I go through. I tried it, and it just all messed me up because I was like, you know, take the glasses off, on. I can't do that. And then the ones that have glasses on the top and the bottom, that makes me seasick, so I can't, I can't do that either. So there's been times I've been asked to, you know, talk at different churches and they have a pulpit that's like this low and it's like, I can't see my notes. And I'm like, Lord, I really prepared a great message for everybody, but I can't, I can't even see them. And that's happened to me a few times, you know, it's like, so, you know, my notes are way down here or there are, you know, some pulpits they have, and they, they go like this, you know, I'm like, oh, really? So what am I supposed to do? You know, really, how can you teach? And some people teach this way. And some people, you know, some pastors, they like it because they, the way their eyes are set up, they like it farther away. And so, and so would I, I just realize, okay, God, I guess I'm just in, this is in all your power. And let me tell you, over the years when that happens, God just shows up in a powerful way because the battle's there. I'm like, God, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, you know, it's like, please help me to remember part of this stuff that's right here. And every time he just shows up in a powerful way. Battles are for our benefit. The mistake would have been, listen, the mistake would be if I'm like, oh, I can't teach like that. Oh, I don't want to do, oh, oh, I can't do this. No, no, please don't. Oh, 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 oh. Just run out of the church. I mean, that'd be crazy. For when we are weak, then we are strong. And it's not by our power nor by our might, but it's by his spirit, thus saith the Lord. 
God wants to give us power. I love what David said in Psalm 27.1, one of my favorite psalms. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He's my strength. He gives us great power. We have no power without the Holy Spirit. We have no power over sin. We have no power over sin unless we have God's Holy Spirit living inside of us. But what I want to say with that also is rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. Rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, he wants to give you power over sin. He wants to give you power for ministry. He wants to give you power to be a witness of him here on this earth. We can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you go through battles, when you go through difficulties, when you go through suffering, rely on the power of the Holy Spirit because he wants to give you his power. Amen? Amen. Settle you means to make you stable. Actually, it's a word that means to lay the foundation. He wants you to be settled during difficult times. He doesn't want us to panic. He doesn't want us to become worried. He doesn't want us to become fearful. You know, when I teach on battles and I teach on this kind of stuff, I, I'm always tested on it. And God's like, okay, I'm going to put you through the test. And I can say, I, I love when I watch him work in the midst of the battles. Look for the benefits. Let's look back at our text. Verse 11. So it goes on. It says, to him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. By Silvanus our faithful brother, as I consider him, I have written to you briefly exhorting and testifying that this is the true grace of God in which you stand. Are you standing on the grace of God? On God's favor? Standing on it? You are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are saved by God's favor, but we're to stand in the favor of God. We're to walk in the favor of God. We're to, to be people that show favor to others. God has given us great favor. Are we standing in it? Silvanus, this is uh, Silas that Paul the Apostle was uh, ministering with in his second missionary journey. So this is Silas. So it says, by Silas. So many believe that Silas wrote this, and that's why it says, by Silas. Others believe that it was by Silas he delivered the letter. So we're not sure exactly. Again, they, they believe that Silas penned it, as, as, as Peter dictated it. And then at the very end, some say that Peter at the end went ahead and just put his exhortation at the end. He ended it with his handwriting. So we don't have any proof of that, but it's either he wrote it or he delivered it, one or the other. Let's look at the last two verses. She who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you. And so does Mark, my son, Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Babylon. It's interesting. He says, she who is in Babylon, elect together with you, greets you. Uh, As far as we know, the apostle Peter never went to Babylon, the literal Babylon. So it's very unlikely he's talking about the literal Babylon. So if you're a note taker, most likely he's talking about Rome. It's probably a, a code word for Rome, a wicked place, a place of idolatry and just possibly for his protection uh, with it. But so 
most likely Rome, so there where he was ministering, he says, this church here, the people that are with me, they greet you, and then uh, he says, Mark, my son, greets you. That's Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark. He wasn't his biological son, he was his spiritual son, and even, so we see these great men of God, they had spiritual sons that they would pour into, a good reminder for us, greet one another with a kiss of love. That's how they would greet each other. They would kiss on the cheek, kiss of love. In the Middle East, you know, they do that. My Italian relatives, they still do that. You see them, oh, mwah, ah, mwah, they kiss you on the cheek, you know. Handshakes are good in the church. There's good. But, uh, <laughs> hugs are good. Some people do that. They, it's, a, it's just an, a way of affection. You see, greet. In other words, love each other. Have that, that passion and love for one another. We are a family. We're to love each other with that type of love. Then he ends this wonderful letter saying, peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus, amen. God's peace is there for all of us that are in Christ Jesus, amen. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful when you're going through some difficult times and God just floods you with peace? I remember one time I, I was sitting at, in my desk putting together a, a message and all of a sudden, I just had this unusual peace of God just flood me. And it was unusual. It was just like an enormous amount of peace. I'm like, wow, God, what, you know, I was like, what is this all about? This is great, God. I'm just, but it was just like, just like never before. I was just like flooded with this peace. I'm like, this is great. Well, then all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And it was a pastor of another church, and he started rebuking me. And it's like, and he was totally wrong. He was totally messed up, and he was totally, he missed information and everything. And he's like yelling at me and screaming at me. A, a pastor of a, this, this church that I, you know, a big church, has been around for a long time. And he's like rebuking me and, and just getting all upset. And, like, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, now I know why you flooded me with this peace, God. I'm like, and I was thinking, I'm not even bothered by this phone call. <laughs> Seriously. And I explained to him, I says, well, you're, you're totally misinformed, and this is what really happened, and this is what's going on. He's like, oh, okay, well, well, you know, well, next time, you better go. Okay, yeah, hey, God bless you, man. Hopefully we'll talk soon. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> and I just prayed for the man. I realized God was just dealing with him and his pride and anger and all that, and, and I ran into him, and then he started apologizing to me. He said, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. I was so misunderstood, and, you know, please, that was stupid of me. And I said, it's okay. It's all right. And, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I almost wouldn't mind going through more of those conversations as long as God's peace is just with me. But he prepared me for that battle. And God was like, don't worry, I'm with you. I I know you're going to get a phone call. I see this guy's going to pick up the phone. He's upset at you right now, but don't worry, I'm I'm with you. My peace is with you. He's the God of all peace. He's the God of all grace. He's the God of all mercy. He's with us in the battles. And I pray as we close out, we realize God is preparing us And as he prepares us, we will have difficult times we're going to go through. But may I encourage you, please, don't run away from the battles. Run into the battles with confidence in your God, not self-confidence. Realize that God is with you, strengthening you through it, completing you, settling you, empowering you.
He wants to take us to the next level and the next level and the next level because he wants to be glorified. He wants to show up in a powerful way if we'll let him. So again, battles are for our benefit. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.